Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the In or Out Sports Debate with your hosts, Tyrone Montgomery Jr. of the Legacy Maker Sports Network and Drew Willingham. Hello, everyone. We are live with episode 15 of the In or Out Sports Debate. I'm your host, Drew Willingham, along with this week's returning guest, Mr. Superfly Tyrone Montgomery Jr. <laughs> Welcome back, my man. What's up, Drew? How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing great. Happy to have you back for this all-NBA edition of the In or Out Sports Debate, where we have five topics to discuss. And I kind of want to piggyback off of yesterday's episode. We actually have a double feature going on the past two days with episode 14 on Monday and today episode 15. Um, I kind of want to pay homage to the uh, golden boy Greg Anthony right here. He was on yesterday's episode, and he actually had this message that he wanted to share with today's episode's guests. LeBron sucks. <laughs> That's why he's not there in the finals. Just put that in there for me, and we'll, you know, I'll be happy. <laughs> I got you, brother. He feels strongly about LeBron sucking. That's that's how he feels. So many LeBron is out there, Drew. I don't know what's up with that, man. You know, and and you know, with that said, we should kind of carry this into some momentum going into round one. Round one. Ty, speaking of LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers. Naming Darvin Ham the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers was a great move. How do you feel about that? Are you in or are you out on that? I think I'm out, Drew. Denied. Okay. I like Darvin Ham. I think he's a good coach. Um, you know, he's unproven pretty much. You know, this is his first time in the head coaching position, but – you know, this this Laker thing is bigger than a head coaching position here. This Laker thing goes back to ownership. This Laker thing goes back to uh, the culture. This Laker thing goes back to that front office, and it goes back to Russell Westbrook. Um, I like what Darvin Ham did, did yesterday. He had his uh, press conference, and he was praising Russell Westbrook. He was giving love to Russell Westbrook. Now, of course, Russell Westbrook was right there at attendance, so he had no choice. But I think what he was doing was he was probably trying to raise his stock. And this Laker thing, they they won't get going until the problem is solved. And that's Russell Westbrook. He has to be moved. He, he just doesn't fit. I agree with you on the part where you're pretty much saying he pretty much played politics during that the conference to keep everybody happy, to keep you know the room happy, keep the elephant in the room happy. However... I've got to go in. Ty, there's something about role players that make good head coaches. Ty Lue did it, you know, and with LeBron and, and Cleveland. 
He, he also, you also got to have Phil Jackson that did great with the Bulls and with the Lakers. You know, he was a player on the Knicks, and even though he got a championship with them, Darvin Ham got that championship with the Pistons back in 04 and also got an assistant head coaching, his assistant head coaching one with the Bucks. Now, granted, you had Giannis on your team and you had a great team around you to help propel you into that last year. Things were slightly still trying to come back from post bubble basketball okay so things weren't quite the same yet we're this is the part now at this point the third season since the covid you know pandemic had started things are starting to feel a little bit more normal at, at now with the third season after the covid had, had happened so um it, it's been wild but i think darvin ham is going to be good because he's going to be somebody that's pretty much going to follow the direction of what lebron wants to do this is still lebron's team whether we want to admit it or not everything moves around lebron AD came in because of LeBron Westbrook, even though nobody wants to really talk about the fact Westbrook came in because of LeBron, all these pieces are there. You're paying Westbrook $47 million. You got to make them happy. So you got to say the right things. And he said the right thing. That's why I'm in. If he keeps it up and he keeps everybody happy, um, they're cohesively together and they gel because they're happy. Who knows? They could be a playoff team. I'm not saying they're going to win at all like they did two years ago, but I got a feeling they're going to at least make the playoffs next year because at least they're going to have the chemistry back. Yeah, I think they'll be a playoff team, but that's only if they're healthy, Drew. AD has to come into camp in shape and ready to go, not getting hurt every other game. Russell Westbrook, he's going to bring his, his energy every single game, but he has to know his role. And LeBron, he has to be willing to give the ball up. I think that's the real problem right there. They want to run everything through LeBron, which is fine because he's one of the greatest of all times. But in order for this Laker thing to work with Russell Westbrook, I think you're just going to have to put the ball in Russell's hands and live and die with the good and the bad. LeBron has proven he can knock down those open shots. So I think that's the only way, but they really have to make sure their availability is their best ability because we didn't see this trio in many games together last season. Well, you're right. And, you know, you also picked up Carmelo. You know, he's not where he was about a decade ago and and all that stuff. You know, you still made additions to this team that where they should have at least made the playoffs last year. They should have at least been one and done. They didn't even get there. And it was sad to see them at least be clawing at the end. They shouldn't have been clawing. They should have at least been – the eighth seed, you know, come on, man, like out of all the names that you got on that team. But speaking of back in the day, big time names, Banana Boat crew, let's go to round two and let's talk about the next one here. Round two. Chris Paul should consider switching teams or retirement after this year's playoff exit. Ty, how do you feel about that? Are you in or are you out? I'm in on this all the way. Drew, we've seen in the playoffs this season young teams growing up. You look at the Memphis Grizzlies. They grew up. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Who would have thought that they would be a playoff team? Uh, there's some problems in Utah. Let's not talk about them. And <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that topic eventually. Luka, Dallas Mavericks, they're up and coming. They're going to win a championship. Within the next three to four years, I believe. So the the time is running out on Chris Paul. Um, we already see that there's problems and trouble in paradise with DeAndre Ayton. He's probably not going to be there next season. And he was a key piece to that team. They're not really um, thick on bigs right now. They don't really have a ton of depth there at the center position. And he was a key 
factor, a key anchor anchor there in Phoenix, and he he pretty much was uh, their their only inside scorer, really, if you want to think about it. But um, you look at this Phoenix team, Devin Booker, and and that's all they got really. There's not a ton of depth there, and it's just the windows closing. Chris Paul's getting older, and I think I think that the window is closed. I can't imagine. Um, them getting a ton back for DeAndre Eaton. Absolutely. I mean, w- with the stats that he had this year, I mean, his stats are going down, but still I feel this way. I'm in on that. You know, with his stats, he, his stats numbers-wise, his points were down about two points per game. Um, his three-point percentage was down about eight per, eight points per game as well. Um, he's He went from about 40% average on three points to down to about a little under 32%, which is pretty bad for Chris Paul because he's known for being what you know being somebody that can get you behind the arc. Um, and, and with him consistently dropping with his stats, he needs to be on a team that can be more supportive to him. For them to lose those last few games, let's Let's go through this real quick, all right? Game four, they lost by 10. Game five, they lost by 30. Game six, they lost nearly by 40, and they lost by 33 in the last game. That is atrocious when it comes to those stats. You you don't have anybody around you. He was shooting for his life in those last two games, just tossing it on up there for pretty much hail marys and you're 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 it's it's sad it's like seeing everything implode around you it's kind of like what reminds me and if you were to compare it to football brett Favre, nfc east nfc championship the second to last year with the vikings that next year one of the worst teams in the league it was a horrible way for a legend to go out you can't be like this only if you're chris paul and go out like this be like um carmelo anthony like we we're just talking about in the previous round be a role player if you have to and come off the bench a little bit more you don't have to be a starting person playing 30 plus minutes a game every single game you can get by with playing 18 to 20 minutes a game and be a solid role player for a team Go to somewhere like L.A. and help out. Um, potentially, if Perfect. Miami were to make a move, they need help off the bench, Perfect. too, and a little bit of supported, supportive cast. So think about these teams when you're going forward. Don't, don't sell yourself short with the Suns. We've already seen their history in the past of what they like to do with some big-time players. Yeah, and I look at this Phoenix situation. We've seen them go at it with a team that we all didn't expect to make the playoffs, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans. They were without their best player in Zion Williamson. So they were being pushed in the very first round of this postseason. Um, so I look at Chris Paul. He's dealt with injury. He's only getting older. He's going to continue to deal with those injuries. Um, he has a small body frame, so he's going to get pushed around a little bit. He can still be effective. He doesn't even have to come off the bench for a team to be in the NBA and to still compete for a championship. And this reminds me of. Uh, Years back when Gary Payton joined the Miami Heat and they went on the title run. Um, Gary Payton, I believe he was sharing time with Jason Williams. But, you know, it worked, you know, and I think Gary Payton started a few games. Sometimes he didn't, just depending on the matchups. But Chris Paul, like you mentioned earlier, he can go to the Clippers. He can go to the Lakers. He, he just doesn't have to be a top two player on the team because you can't depend on him too much at this point of his career. Yeah, we definitely agree on that. And um, oh, oh, wow, Ty, actually, I got some breaking news coming in.
That's right. Next week, Monday, in our Outsports Debate, episode 16, the snowman, Brian Snow, joins us for a snowman in the evening edition. The snowman in the morning with Cole Johnson host, Brian Snow, will be joining me next Monday for episode 16. That was just dispatched in from headquarters to Toba Media, so my apologies, uh, Ty. But, but with that being said, with Chris Paul, we definitely are both in on that. And with that being said, let's go ahead and roll this thing into round three. Round three. The Miami Heat will be better off bringing back Kyle Lowry next season than shopping for another point guard. How do you feel about this, Ty? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm out, man. Denied. Okay. I'm not sure how old Kyle Lowry is, but it looks like he has a lot of mileage on that body. That body looks like it's getting older, and Pat Riley spoke about it today. You know, Kyle Lowry needs to come into better shape next season. He, like Chris Paul, is getting older. Um, he's not the player that he once was. and He was a heck of a player. He won a championship in Toronto. He used to get a lot of triple-doubles when he was with the Memphis Grizzlies. He, he's been around for quite some time in Houston. He has some good years there. but. He's at the back end of his career. Um, they, The Miami Heat, they really needed him. I mean, they desperately needed a playmaker. You've seen what Jimmy Butler was doing this season in the playoffs, and he was literally carrying them. He was a one-man band. And the reason why is because they didn't quite have that playmaker that they needed. And they got Kyle Lowry to be that guy, but he wasn't available. The best ability is availability. So – I can expect for him to probably get shopped. I'm not sure who would take him with the contract that he has, but I think Miami should probably look to to trade him. I think that would be best for Kyle Lowry, and I think that would be best for the whole entire organization as well. You know, age is definitely a factor in basketball for the most part. We've definitely seen LeBron going back to round one, seeing his the wheels fall off of him a little bit the past couple seasons, you know, with all the mileage he's put on his body. Speaking of Kyle Lowry, to answer what you were saying earlier, he's 36. So, yes, he's up there in age. Uh, Westbrook isn't quite that old yet. He's getting close. Uh, but with the amount of miles that they've all put on their bodies, um, it's starting to add up. And um, Kyle Lowry is another one, kind of like we were talking about Chris Paul earlier, where it needs to kind of slide back into more of a reserve role. Um, and if he can kind of take it a little bit better than some of the greats before him, like uh, Carmelo didn't want to accept it for a couple of years. And, and once he started to accept it, he's been sliding kind of in pretty good for the most part with the Lakers. And he did pretty good with the Trailblazers before that. We'll see if that can kind of culminate with Kyle Lowry. Um, but when it comes to this, I'm actually. I feel like they would be better off keeping them because when you look at the free agents that are available, the only one that's kind of like an unrestricted free agent that's anywhere close is old Denny Schroeder, which you saw what, what he did. And you saw where he, he wanted all that money after being with LA and the debacle with all that stuff. He didn't deserve that money. And it's kind of showed since I ain't going to give Denny Schroeder that. So <laughs> no, old Denny will get that in my book. Um, <laughs> when you also look at that, you got Austin Rivers, John Wall, um, these are other guys that you could potentially see on the move. Um, Gary Payton, the second um, Gordon Drogics. Th these are other names that could potentially move, but I don't see them coming to Miami. If uh, 
if if Kyle can kind of slide into a good reserve role and you have him and Chris Paul as the one-two punch and they both kind of rotate off coming off the bench, I could see that working in Miami. I could see them going deep and potentially getting to the finals and overcoming the hump that they couldn't do this year. Yeah, yeah. Just like I mentioned earlier, that comparison that we had in Miami years ago when Gary Payton was there and Jason Williams, that will work out perfectly. But I just can't have Kyle Lowry depending on him to be my lead guard for a whole entire 82-game season. It's just not going to work. But if they can bring in somebody, it, it'll just be hard to 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 bring Kyle Lowry off the bench with that contract. But essentially, they're probably stuck at this point. But if they can bring in another guy who can start in place of Kyle Lowry, I think it can work. They're not quite as stuck as bad as like the Lakers are with Westbrook's contract. <laughs> it's not quite as bad as that forty-seven milli. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't feel quite as bad for them as I do for the Lakers. They got a, at least they're getting a little bit more of a return on their cash receipt that they're trying to get when it comes to Kyle Lowry. The age is is definitely up there, but it's not quite as bad as what Westbrook's been Westbricking here lately. Sorry. But um, <laughs> now we're at the midway point of our show. Let's go ahead and go into what I like to call some medial mayhem where we take some comments from the fans. If you guys got some more, go ahead and fire them in while we're in this segment. Oh, yeah. What's up, fans? Welcome to the show. We've got Darrell Owens, who's been commenting so far throughout the show, and he is excited about the Snowman edition. Brian Snow can't wait. Next Monday Eve, episode 16. Looking forward to the Snowman being on. He also giving me props for the Legacy Maker shirt, the new shirt that uh, he hooked me up with and the rest of the teams. Everybody get one. So um, that is the recent gift of um, the head honcho, Mr. Darrell Owens. Thank you very much, sir. Um, and he wants to trade Lowry, so he does not agree with me. He agrees with you. He does not <laughs> want to keep Lowry. Um, he is all about getting rid of some Kyle Lowry. And the last one, he said he would take Paul out, and he gets hurt at the at the worst time. He does. He, he's good at he's good at the times that don't matter the most. But when it comes down to crunch time, you are right. He is a little bit of injury prone. Not as bad as some other ones we've seen in the past, but. I'd rather have him over Yao Ming, two totally different positions. <laughs> but at least longevity, Chris Paul's better than Yao Ming, Darrell. Come on, give me that. Give me that. Chris Paul been around for quite some time. Yeah. Did you see the 2K comparisons? They had like, uh, Lord, I can't remember, 2K8 maybe, and Chris Paul looked a little fuzzy. As of now, he's looking crystal clear on 2K22. He's been around for some time. I mean, it's LeBron's the same thing. LeBron's yeah. been out a year longer than him. It's yeah. just he came straight from high school, and it was a year sooner. So it wasn't mm -hmm. much different, but they all looked like roadblocks when it, technically when you, <laughs> when you think about the whole NBA streets. Like, LeBron's <laughs> been playing so long, we played with him on NBA street, dude. Like, come on, man. Like, him and Chris Paul. Right, Remember that? right. Remember NBA ballers for PS2 back uh, in the day? I still got Johnson that. Phillips on the cover? Yeah, yeah man. I wish Phenom. I still had that. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like – um. It was that, and what was that race car game mixed together? What was that? Not Need for Speed, but it was whatever it was that was kind of like Pimp My Rider. It'll come to me later, but in that club, yes, it was like that feel, like with basketball on that because it wasn't quite 2K because yeah. of the street ball and NBA ballers, but it was like Midnight Club 
an NBA street put together for NBA yeah. ballers. I loved it. Yeah. It was sweet. Take me <laughs> back to a to a better time. We didn't have as many pills and we weren't higher adults, man. Tell me about it, man. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good stuff for the uh, for the comments midway through, guys. Um, let's go ahead and kick this thing off into round four. Round four. You know, with round four, the turnovers are what single-handedly boosted the Warriors to victory in game two of the NBA Finals. Ty, how do you feel about that? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm out. Denied. Now, turnovers, okay. turnovers have been the Celtics' Achilles heel in this entire series. Really, the entire uh, playoff, the whole postseason for them. Um, but I believe that uh, Draymond Green had a lot to do with this victory. He set the tone. He brings the energy. He is the heart and soul of this team. Um, he's like a modern-day Dennis Rodman. And MJ will tell you this now himself. Rodman was a key player to all of those championships. He just brings the energy. He He's the bouncer at the club, the enforcer, and that's what Draymond is. Draymond set the tone. He, he gets in the in opposing team's faces. He he embarks fear upon the opponent, and, and that's what he did. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they wasn't ready for that. Al Horford. So Draymond is a key piece to, to what the Warriors are doing. He's been that guy for years, ever since they started winning titles and got together. And Draymond is, is exactly what this team needed. But I will say this, those turnovers did play a huge factor. They did. Now, when you go back to episode 12 when you were last on and we were talking about you know we hadn't quite gotten to the nba finals when you and i were on episode 12 right so we were talking about how the warriors were doing a great job of keeping themselves alive in the playoffs despite how steph curry's numbers were okay now ever since that moment okay he's gotten better and better as the playoffs have gone on step by step curry's gotten better and better because you made this point on the last time you were here where he was on the bench recovering from the injury they gradually brought him back as the playoffs have been coming on he's been coming back to steph curry form gradually slowly but surely but has turned it on at the right time okay so even though i've said all that I have to stick with what I said in episode 13. I I'm in. I feel like the Celtics still have a chance to win this. And I called it before the Celtics are going to win this in six. It's, it's my prediction. And the reason why they didn't win this game yesterday. Well, not yesterday, but the other night was because of the fact that they had 18 turnovers, man. Okay, the, the, the size does matter when it came to this playoffs. It's what got them, them to this point over the heat throughout the playoffs. The Celtics are here because they have dominated in size. They're bigger than the Warriors. They should be dominating more in the paint. And they worked well in game one, but the Warriors figured it out and you know, kind of counter that with game two. Now that they've got on paper and on film what they didn't see in game one, they can kind of prepare for game three a little bit better. I feel like the Celtics are going to come back and win game three tomorrow night 
and we're going to see a resurgence in this team. They can still do it in six. It's going to be tough. Like you said, it's going to be against a Warriors team that is a championship-caliber team, even though they haven't done anything serious since KD left. They haven't won a title. Uh, but uh, at the same time, they still have those pieces there like Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. And, of course, a Steph Curry that has been recovering from that injury, of course, throughout the year. So I feel like we can still definitely see the Warriors. I'm not completely saying that they're not going to win, but I still have to stick with what I said two episodes ago and stick with the Celtics in six. I'm not mad at that. The Celtics, they <laughs> we all counted them out as soon as the finals hit. Um, they're, they've been proving all of us wrong the entire world. They, they went through the Nets. They went through the Bucks. They went through that tough Miami Heat team, and, and now they're in the finals. And, you know, they've been playing that tough defense, best defense in the league, actually, and, and we're seeing it. Um, Tatum is, is phenomenal. What, what I saw from him in game one, it just – it just changed the whole dynamic of who Jason Tatum is. If that shot's not falling, okay, I'll facilitate and I get my teammates involved. Celtics are tough. I will say that. They definitely are. It, it was it was a night and day difference between the stats between the two games. Curry lit it up game two, mm-hmm. and um, we saw oh we talked we saw him turn back the clock. I mean, we've been seeing that a couple times throughout the past two series, yeah. but we really really saw him turn back the clock in that game. And, you know, with all that said, with us talking about round four, now we have to go it off into round five, which is the final round to keep talking about this NBA finals. Final round. You know, with the final round, Ty, just talking about it, game two's outcome has set the tone for the NBA finals. Warriors in six. Are you in? Or are you out? It looks like we already got our graphic already made when the Golden State Warriors won the championship. I'm in. <laughs> I'll go ahead and pop it back up for you. Ah, that's right. There we go. There we have it. Yes, I believe the Warriors will win this series in six games. I said it before. I'm saying it again. I'm sticking to my... My, my chops here, Drew. Um, I look at this Warriors team in game one. What they were able to do in that third quarter, they, they just pushed that lead out, and we all thought that they were going to win game one. Celtics had a historic comeback, and they won game one. That was one game. And, and the game two, the uh, third quarter, it happened again. The, the Warriors were able to extend that lead and, and run away with it. But only in game two, they were able to close it. They were able to seal the deal. And I'm expecting them to continue on this path. And like I said earlier, it's not going to be easy because Boston's defense is number one in the league for a reason. They have a lot of athleticism. They have a lot of young talent there. They have a lot of depth. They have good, strong defensive wings, Drew. So I look at this series, and I still have to take the Warriors in six. Um, I think the Celtics will probably win at home in Boston in game three um, tomorrow evening. But um, I I think the Warriors will uh, probably uh, handle business, and I think they're going to win this series. Just like I was saying previously, I I have to stick with what I said before. I'm still with the Celtics. I'm out. Denied. Celtics – 
In six, baby, I'll live by the sword, I'll die by the sword. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with the Celtics. They got the size over the Warriors, even though the Warriors have championship experience. They're still missing KD. KD's missing them too, brother. So without the without the key cohesive unit, I don't think they're going to get done this year against this size. They're going to have to get some size during the offseason a little bit more. Maybe if it's just depth that comes off the bench to where it just helps them out in certain spots. But they need a little bit more help. Okay, I'm I'm going with the Celtics. Celtics in six. We'll probably still eventually see a seven game series because I don't think they're going to win it in five. I don't think the Celtics are going to just only win game one. It's going to be at least a six game series. But Celtics in six. <laughs> Let me throw this at you, Drew. Clay okay. Thompson having quite looked like Clay Thompson that we all grew to love over the years in this series. It's only a matter of time. He's jacking up a lot of shots. Eventually, some of them will start to fall. It's only a matter of time before some of those shots start to fall and Clay gets his confidence back and, and Steph doesn't have to carry the team so much. Jordan Poole, he got off to a rocky start in game one. Um, he had a decent game in game two. Um, and, and Draymond Green, we see the energy that he brought in game two. So Poole and Green, they may be back on track. Just wait till Clay Thompson gets going. Uh-oh, you got something? Two things. I got two things. Celtics only need to do two things, my man. They just need to limit the turnovers and mm-hmm. they need to do better in the third quarter because they absolutely sucked in the third quarter in game two. If they can do better in the third quarter and they can limit those turnovers to not have 18, they're going to win game three. That's just, that's, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah I agree. That, that, that will definitely uh, help their chances. But at the same time, we saw what Horford did. We saw what Derek White did, and we saw what Marcus Smart, what they were able to do in game one. They didn't quite do that in game two. So if if you're a Golden State, you can shut those guys down, let Tatum beat you on his own, and Tatum is lethal. <laughs> like I said, he was able to beat you in two different ways in game one and game two, even though the outcomes were different. But, you know, Tatum can switch up his game, and Jalen Brown's an, an athletic freak. You know, he he does his business on the defensive end, but he can get you buckets as well. He's so big and strong and tough, and, you know, he, he's very versatile in his game. But I look at the, this this matchup here. If The Warriors can just beat you in different ways. Like I mentioned, if Clay gets going, just look out. I mean, Steph has been carrying the way for them, and if Clay gets going, that's just going to change the whole dynamic of this series. And it's polar opposites from what was going on at the beginning of this playoffs. It was actually Clay and the rest of this team, Jordan Poole and, and mm-hmm. everybody else in this team that was carrying this team throughout the beginning part. And now it's funny how it's transitioned now to the ones that were struggling at the beginning of the playoffs are now what's carrying this team through mm-hmm. the game two victory and potentially the momentum from that going forward, which we'll see. I just have a big, strong hope for the Celtics now, the way that they've won that series against the, the Heat. I, I said it then, and I'm going to still stick with it, and I'm going to live by the sword and die by the sword on this. The beast is going to come from the east in 2022. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. It was either going to be the Heat or the Celtics, baby, and that's what I'm sticking with. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Like I said, the Celtics, they're, they're tough, man. They, they're here for a reason. Um, but if they want to win this series, they got to get some contributions from your Marcus Smarts, your, your Al Horfords, your, your, your Derek White. Derek White, he's been solid throughout the entire postseason, honestly. but you know, just going to get some. They're going to um, need some production from those guys. And a big thing here, Drew. I don't think we touched on this, but the health of Robert Williams. He he recently had a knee procedure 
um, before the postseason started. They wasn't sure if he was going to be able to play. Now, fortunately, miraculously, he's been able to, to suit up and, and play and give those some big-time minutes. But if he's not 100%, Kevin Kevon Looney, I almost pronounced his name wrong. Kevon Looney for the Warriors, he's been solid. He's been a very underrated player. I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be interesting going down the stretch. It definitely will be. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a great game to watch tomorrow night. You know, we, we, the cool thing about the finals is actually spread out a little bit. It keeps you mm-hmm. – the anticipation is there. It's a few days spread out. gives them a good time to rest a little bit too. Uh, a little bit off subject for those of you who are wrestling fans, not sure if you saw where Cody Rhodes had wrestled with that torn pec. There's been memes all over the place about it. Bruised up shoulder. You can't do that in basketball. You can't shoot. You know, you, you can't have a torn pec and shoot. So the good thing about that, they get the time in between each game to rest, but you can't rest off a torn pec in 72 hours, get ready for game three. So we'll see We'll see how that rocks with some of these guys who are a little bit banged up. Before we get on out of here, Ty, um, we do have a few comments. For those of you who are still live with us, if you have anything you want to say, go ahead and get it out real quick because we're going to one last segment of the Mayhem Culmination. <laughs> For those of you who are live with us right now, we got some comments. So if you got them on Facebook or YouTube, get those comments rolling. For those of you who are live, you got any questions for me or Ty, got any statements, anything on your mind, NBA, all NBA episode, episode 15, let's rock and roll. Controversy Raphael. Raphael Haynes has commented on our on our video right here. I'm more right. He said, right. I have no idea what he's talking about, but it has to be something with the finals because – of what we were talking about, because ever since we went from the midway point, we've been talking about all NBA finals since that point. So controversy, Raphael, if you're still there as one of our viewers who are still watching, what'd you mean by when you said, right. And that was right here, right, right here. After that, we got this next comment where he said, Tatum has to stop settling for threes and turning it over. Ty, how are you feeling on that? Are you actually in, or are you out on that statement right there? The turnovers are a concern. I'm I'm worried about that too, and you know it's one of those things where you you have to put the ball in your best player's hands, and you got to live and die with it. This is the NBA Finals, but sometimes you got to make some coaching adjustments. Maybe you can dump the ball down into Al Horford's hand, and he can create something offensively, or maybe you can get some off-ball screens and and get Marcus Smart going for an open three, or get Jalen Brown to attack the basket and and get that that backdoor cut that they call it. So. Those turnovers are a concern, and it's like he was just giving the ball away to the Warriors in that game too, Drew, so it worries me a lot. It worried me a lot too because he <laughs> accounted a lot for those 18 turnovers, man. It was it was it was crucial. It was atrocious. It was terrible. I'm in on this statement too by Rafael. Tatum has to stop settling for the threes. He has to start playing more like the others around him and stop, you know, be be a little bit more giving giving the ball to his team, give a little bit more assists, help the team score overall. Cause you did that and you did that very well in game one. It was a complete 180 opposite in game two. We need y'all to get back on track if you want to get this game three victory against a team that can very well win three more straight games and sweep you four straight after losing that first one. The Warriors could win three more straight and and sneak up on you. They could win this in five. I don't think they will, but they could if they don't watch out, if they don't wake up from what happened in game two. And the thing about Tatum, Drew, 
He's so athletic. He's so quick. He's so such a finesse player in today's game. If that shot's not falling, all he has to do is attack the basket. You said it earlier. They're a lot bigger than this Warriors team. Attack the basket, get to the free throw line, and get your confidence going again. You get those easy ones to drop for you, you see that ball going to that basket, that shot will eventually fall. Oh, it definitely will. You know, man, we have definitely crushed it again on another episode of the Inner Out Sports Debate. Thank you again for coming in. And we got one more segment we're going to go through, and that is the final word. And in today's final word, Mr. Montgomery, out of everything we've talked about in this All-NBA episode, what do you have to get off your chest right before we get into Game 3 of the NBA Finals? I'm excited about Game 3 of the NBA Finals. I think whoever wins this game has a, a really strong chance at winning the championship. Um, it's just going to have to come down to, to maturity, you know, taking care of business, seeing what's at hand uh, on the grand scale of things at the moment. And both teams should be hungry and look at game three as a must win. Um, but my, I got two final words, or two more rather. Um, shout out to, to Snowman, Brian Snow. He's battled through so much, Drew. He's, he's one of the toughest fighters I know in this entire world. And for him to still be working hard and grinding and, and doing what he loves each and every day, giving the people what they want, being a, a good – husband to his wife and, and just being a good friend to all of us, a good friend to the network, Drew. Shout out to you as well for getting him on the show. You've been working hard. You've been getting everybody on this show, Drew. I'm in on that. And the last and final thing I have to say is when are we going to get Brittany Griner back home in the United States? It's been too long. It's a sad situation. I wouldn't want to see this for anybody, and, you know, it, it just hurts my heart because, you know, she's one of the best WNBA players in the world, and the whole world is missing out, not just us as fans and, you know, people who cover sports, but her family. Her family, I'm sure they're heartbroken right now, so we got to do better. We got to get Brittany back home. You're absolutely right. I I couldn't have said it any better, Ty, and – and first of all, thank you for for that uh, for talking bringing that up with with Brian Snow. And I'll go ahead and bring this back up for everyone to see it again. That is next week we get to have Brian Snow on here, which I'm looking forward to. That Ty also brought it up. This man's been through everything. He's been down through the drag through the coals and back, and has fought through everything through thick and thin to be back doing what he loves. Sports talk show host on Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson every morning uh, throughout the weekdays. You can find him. Um, and, and we will talk more about that next Monday when he is on. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Thank you again uh, for bringing that up in your final word. And also for Brittany Griner as well, because we brought this up several episodes ago. I believe I talked about this with Rob. Um, the fact that she is still in Russia now in June after all this is absolutely ridiculous. The memes and the things in the news they've been talking about with a Russian arms dealer will be going to be trade trading for her. All this bogus news has just been a waste of time and has been sad. They need to get her home. This is sad. It was just over some weed. 
Okay. Over yeah. some weed yeah. out of all the things it could have been. And, and they're holding yeah. this is more political move than anything. This is not over some fucking weed. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is not over some weed. This is over political moves and everything. And this needs to stop. They need to come up to an, an agreement. This is one person. I get it. But this is also affecting the entire United States of America when it comes to them thinking about other countries and their safety and being able to travel places and to do what you love to do. And as basketball, you were traveling, you made a mistake. I don't condone what she did. You should know the laws. However, something like this, they're, they're taking way too seriously. They need to bring her home. This is stupid. Yeah. And I look at it like this, you know, they're, they're pretty much trying to make an example out of her, you know, normally someone of her stature, this can just be a slap on the wrist, but they're taking matters into their own hands and, totally handling things the wrong way and as i mentioned earlier she has family she has friends here in, uh, in in the states in the united states and just a sad situation this has just gone on for too long and i hope they take they turn this around here soon we, we said this weeks ago when we were talking about this uh i can't remember what exact episode it was i want to say it was episode 10 um, if I remember right, nine or ten. You have to go back, guys. We'll go back and see. I've done so many episodes since then. But the fact that Brittany Griner is still today, um, now that we're in episode fifteen, we're in the teens of of this episode, and they are they don't have her out yet. This is really sad. I do want to shift gears into something that's positive before we get on out of here. We don't have to play the actual clip of it, but we do have some breaking news. Ty, we have two more comments that I want to get to, and from a guy that we were just talking about, Mr. Snow is watching. Thank you very much, Brian, for for acknowledging um, the show, for watching today, for being a part of next Monday's episode. Thank you for doing this as I'm here live with Ty. Thank you very much. Um, we meant every word that we said, brother, and, and thank you, Ty, again, for, for the words that you said going into that. And we also have one more comment from our man, Mr. Jarrell Ovens. Mr. Owens loves the fact that we had a great show, and we did, what, as always, when you're here, Ty, we're just gelling, man. We're having a great time talking about things that we love to watch on TV, the sports that we love, the things that keep us passionate about it as this world and the things we've seen over the past two years, the debacle of the pandemic, the things that would normally break your spirits. We have felt it here at the network, and that's why we are fighting and calling our way back to get all of our viewers back, to give them the entertainment that we can, the sports entertainment, the factor, WrestleMania factor, every episode of the Inner Out Sports Debate. That is my goal, to entertain you all. Like it is a WrestleMania moment. That is the goal. And we did that today. I can feel it with Mr. Superfly Todd, Roman Montgomery Jr. My man. Yes, indeed, my brother. Always a pleasure, man. So we killed it today, guys. We greatly appreciate you tuning in now for 41 minutes of this time. Let's go ahead and go into one badass outro. Mm -hmm.